Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The final hour of power here on this Sunday morning edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till high noon before we dish the rock to the DOC. Rick Doc Walker, he'll take you up to three o'clock. Coming up in about 15 minutes, our pal Bobby Carpenter, former Dallas Cowboys linebacker. Bobby now, like a lot of former athletes do, taking his talent from the gridiron to the airwaves. He is the Co-host of the Morning Juice on 97-1, the fan in Cleveland. Uh, he is set to join us. We'll take a spin around the National Football League and look at all the top headlines from week number two of the preseason. And before we get Bobby on, I wanted to look at week number two of the preseason and just at some of the games that we had yesterday. I mentioned there was a particular quarterback performance that got me feeling very good about this young man's future because it kind of looked bleak based on the reports we were hearing last year. Talking about none other. And the pride of Liberty himself. And no, I'm not talking about Denton Deck. <laughs> talking about my guy Malik Willis, man. I was so high on him last year during the pre-draft process. And I wanted Washington, you know, to take a flyer on him because of the athletic traits that he has and the arm strength and the ability. He was really good yesterday. The, the, the box score doesn't really tell the entire story. 10 to 17, 85 yards, touchdown in the pick. He was sacked twice as well. Uh, you saw him on the ground, though. 11 carries, 91 yards, showing off what he could do working the RPO stuff, working the zone read stuff. He's explosive. Uh, he had a 26-yard run yesterday where he showed off the flash and dash speed that he has. He right now seems like he's going to be the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. They drafted Will Levis in the second round uh, in this past April's draft. He's on the shelf right now with an injury, which is why we saw Freaky Leaky, as I like to call him. He played all 60 minutes yesterday. So to do that in the preseason game is impressive. Uh it, it was interesting to, to watch him move, and I feel like come the regular season, although I don't expect him to be the starter at any point this year because I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have a bounce-back season with, with DeAndre Hopkins. Think about the wrinkle that Tennessee could have in this offense if they could configure a package of plays to where you can get Malik Willis and Derrick Henry on the field at the same time and just completely – cause havoc for opposing defenses. I'm excited to see uh, how they use Malik Willis during the regular season, but I thought yesterday was a really good sign for his growth and development. Even though it's a preseason game, you want to see some signs of life uh, from a young signal caller because despite what some may think or some may feel, the franchise quarterback for the Tennessee Titans may not even be on the roster or he may be on the roster. Who knows? I don't think it's Will Levis because when you get off to a rocky start like this, it's kind of hard to bounce back from it. We'll see, though, man. I definitely thought Malik Willis was very good yesterday. 
I want to talk about the team I love to hate, and I love to hate them for a multitude of different reasons. First of all, I am completely sick and tired of every Sunday morning that I come in here to do Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live, and I'm on the Metro, and I'm not seeing Burgundy and Gold jerseys when I get off at the Navy Yard studio or the Navy Yard station. I'm not seeing Ravens jerseys. I'm seeing Buffalo Bills red and blue. They take over the damn bullpen each and every Sunday, and I'm sick of it. They were the flavor of the week last year. They had the DeMar Hamlin situation that I know distracted them from football, deservedly so. Like, I understand all of that. But I keep saying this, and y'all, I'm going to sound like the biggest Bills hater in the world. The last time we saw Buffalo, the wild card round of the playoffs, the divisional round of the playoffs, Josh Allen and this Bills offense looked putrid. And it didn't look any better yesterday in their preseason action or, or against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's just call it what it is, right? Buffalo, yesterday in their preseason action, looked, looked kind of like the last time we saw them. Their first three drives ended in a punt. They gained eight yards on the first drive, 31 yards on the second drive, and negative three yards on the third drive. Mind you, you're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think... <laughs> It's going to be a good football team this year. And I think they've got pieces on both sides of the football. But what we saw yesterday from Buffalo, to, to, to get off to such a slow start and, and Josh Allen being under duress and, and running backwards and, and just, just, just playing with reckless abandon. We, we appreciate that part of his game, but I think it also may be the undoing of the Buffalo Bills sooner rather than later, man. I, I was... Uh, Definitely taken aback seeing them struggle as much as they did. I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't play in the preseason opener. But, yeah, I mean, yesterday, if you were a Bills fan and you were watching what the hell transpired with their football team, even though it's preseason, you, you can't be encouraged about what is to come during the regular season. Uh, they got lucky last year. I thought Sean McDermott may have gotten – I guess it's hard to fire a coach when the DeMar Hamlin situation happens. But for them to – darn near lose to the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round and losing against third string quarterback Skylar Thompson. Like that would have been enough for me to fire Sean McDermott and reset the whole operation there in Buffalo. If it wasn't for the DeMar Hamlin stuff, because Josh Allen didn't look great in that game either. But then to follow it up the next week against Cincinnati and be putrid against that group, which is let's call it what it is. They're a darn good football team. But when you're, $200 $200 million franchise quarterback struggles the way Josh Allen struggled last postseason. You got to have some cause for concern. And I'll be honest, he was 7-10. to 10, But last night, he didn't look that great either, man. I, I wonder what's going to happen and what is to come for the Buffalo Bills offensively and will they be able to overcome uh, some, of the, some of their pitfalls, man. The offensive line is a big issue for that group, and I think it's the most unproven uh, group on that football team. They need Von Miller and this pass rush to be juiced up next year. Uh, so hopefully their defense can can shoulder most of the blow uh, for, for, for next season because I think uh, offensively they may come back down to earth a little bit. I know they've got talent, but I, I, I'm starting to question the toughness of the Buffalo Bills. And it's crazy because when you're playing football in upstate New York and you can't run the football in December and January, that's a problem. It just is. It just is. Another preseason contest from week two that got my attention and had me going, this is pretty interesting. The quarterback whose praises, whose, whose praises I love to sing. I was gassing him up all last season. 
I constantly say he did the most with the least last year. Daniel Jones. And the way the New York Giants looked against Bryce Young and the Panthers yesterday, I thought was impressive. Danny Dimes, 8-9, 69 yards, a touchdown. Uh, He had a six-yard run as well. I thought it was just overall good stuff from them. I'm excited to see what year two in that Brian Dable system is going to look like for Daniel Jones now that he's got some weapons. I hooked up with Darren Waller a couple of times yesterday. Uh, They got two new deep threats. The one deep threat that scored for him, the rookie third-round pick, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, I think he's going to cause problems for teams. The other guy that I feel like we're kind of sleeping on here for the New York Giants and the type of impact he can have, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, if he can stay healthy, you want to talk about a legit deep threat that can take the top off of a defense? I think I think Paris Campbell's got it going on. They added Jamison Crowder as well. They've got weapons on the offensive side of the football. It was on full display yesterday. Uh, I think come the regular season, the New York Giants going to shock some folks. On the flip side, their opponent, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young still kind of struggling here in the preseason. Yesterday, 3-6, 35 yards. Uh, he was sacked yesterday and hit a couple of different times as well. When I look at Bryce Young, and I don't want to I don't want to toot my own horn because someone's having a struggle to start their career, but there's just no precedent for a 5'10", 195-pound quarterback in the modern era coming in and transcending a franchise the way that Carolina is expecting Bryce Young to come in and be the savior. Iki Aquanu, who we thought turned a corner last year and was starting to develop into one of the elite tackles in football. He looked kind of rough yesterday. Kayvon Thibodeau, the Giants edge rusher, getting the best of him on a couple of different of occasions. So we'll see, man. If that if they can't keep Bryce Young upright, he definitely has no chance. And I always thought that was going to be the shortcoming of the football team. He's short. <laughs> Their offensive line's putrid. He's, you know, how, how do you expect him to find throwing lanes and, and and quite frankly hold up for 17 weeks because he only weighs a buck 90 soaking wet. So curious to see how Bryce Young and the Panthers grow and develop uh, as the regular season moves on. I'll, I'll continue to put my money on it. I think they may be picking in the top 10 of next year's NFL draft, man. I, I don't think this is going to necessarily work out in year one. If Bryce Young is ever going to work, I think you've got to insulate him like heck. Elite offensive line, elite running game, playmaking receivers. That's what Bryce Young needs, man. Number one overall pick, struggling to start his preseason career. We'll talk about Bryce Young and a couple other top storylines from week two of the preseason when our pal Bobby Carpenter joins the program. He's the co-host of the Morning Juice on 97.1, the fan in Columbus. He is set to join us next. We'll talk all things NFL with Bobby Carpenter coming up here on the fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to high noon before we dish things to Rick Doc Walker. Joining us right now via the BetQL guest hotline is former Cowboys linebacker Bobby Carpenter. He is also the co-host of The Morning Juice on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. You can give him a follow on Twitter at BCARP3. What's going on, Cowboy? How you doing? No, uh, doing well, man. Doing well. How's <laughs> it going? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Enjoying uh, week two of the preseason. Wanted to chop it up with you uh, to get some of your thoughts from what we saw over the weekend. I want to start here locally, though, because last time I had you on, I feel like we didn't even get into the burgundy and gold a lot, Bobby. Uh, Sam Howell announced the starting quarterback for week one against the Arizona Cardinals on Friday from Ron Rivera. Uh, from what you've been able to gather and gauge about this situation, uh, did you feel the timing of the move was right? And then how do you expect Sam Howell to fare in the early portions of the season? Well, you know, I like Sam uh, I like Sam Howell coming out. You know, I think he's got some talent. Obviously, experience is going to be, you know, the main issue here. He's a very young player. Right. You know, he's looked okay throughout the preseason. I mean, the good news is he's got some good receivers. Like, they have weapons around him with McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel. You know, the question is, can they get the running game going? You know, and how effective will that be? And will they be able to protect them? And can they be creative on offense? Because the one thing, Curtis was a pretty unique weapon. And I felt like at the end of his career in Carolina, he was utilized pretty well. Yeah. Don't know if he was utilized quite as well, you know, last season with Washington or, you know, early on in with Carolina. So they need to make sure they're continuing to make sure you get him the ball in creative ways, make it a quarterback-friendly passes, let him use some run-after-the-catch stuff. And if you do that, you'll take a lot of pressure off of your young QB. And then one of the other good things about how is he's an athletic dude, so he can move around, and he'll be able – whenever you have a quarterback, you know, that's younger, be it like – and everybody used to you know, talk about running as if it was the worst thing in the world. You don't want a guy who's going to always pull his eyes off the downfield and you know, lose his field of vision. But being able to have some escapability – is key, and you, know, you can watch Hard Knocks. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers talking about use your legs, man. Like that's what you, if you've got him, man, it's a weapon for you. So hopefully, Hal will be able to do a little bit of that as well. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I'm excited for tomorrow night, the first home game in the Josh Harris era. A lot of buzz right now in our nation's capital, Bobby, uh, for the Washington Commanders. I want to get to uh, some of my thoughts and some of your thoughts from Week Two of. The preseason before we brought you on, we were talking about that Panthers and Giants game, and you know Bryce Young, you know, kind of struggling again, and that Panthers offensive line having some issues as well. Um, coming out and during the pre-draft process, how high were you on Bryce Young, and do you think he can kind of break the the stereotype of of smaller quarterbacks? Because if I'm not mistaken, Bobby, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the smallest day one starting quarterback in the 2000s. <laughs> You know, my, my deal is with him being, you know, like short, as you mentioned, small. Like, he's not a very big-framed guy. Like, he, he's a he, – I don't want to use the term petite, but he is not 
a, a bigger dude like a Russell Wilson who's mm-hmm. shorter but, but thicker and can withstand the pounding. Bryce obviously throws a great ball. I think he sees the field really well. They obviously need to protect him better in Carolina and get him some more weapons. You know, and they're kind of in a full-on rebuild, obviously. And so hopefully that'll happen. I just worry when you put guys out there that I don't know if he's physically equipped to handle the beating. If you put him in, you know, a, a, a solid team with a veteran offensive line and good receivers, I think he would thrive. My question is, is by the time that they get to that in Carolina, is he going to be physically able to still play? Right. And you, you look at all the guys, you know, you look up at Indianapolis, you look at Stroud, out in Houston. I mean, they've all struggled in the preseason because, you know what, it's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL. And especially when you're getting drafted in the top ten, generally those teams aren't great. And so they're going to have some deficiencies along the line. Maybe they don't have the best set of weapons. You know, they're in a rebuild mode, and depending on where they're at, you know, you could be in a a tough spot. And So you look at these guys, yeah, Bryce can move, you know, but he's not like Andy Richardson, who's a, a bigger dude, who can withstand some of that. So my, I just worry about him over the long term. So I think yeah. he'll develop into a fine quarterback. And you, know, you see some ups and downs, but I think you look at the top three guys, it's, it's not easy no. to play quarterback in the NFL, especially if you don't have a lot of talent around you. I think you hit it on the head, man. The one thing that you know we, we constantly, I feel like as fans, lose sight of, when these guys are drafted in the top five, those teams are picking in that, in that selection and that range for a reason because the rest of the roster – you know, isn't up to par, and these quarterbacks, these young guys are, are kind of looked at as franchise saviors. And as you alluded to, man, I wonder if he can hold up over 16 games. And I also wonder, like, because he's so short, finding passing windows. I see clips of him throwing from his tippy toes. Like, it's very unconventional, and I, I really have my my doubts and concerns about how it's going to end up playing out in Carolina. And you know how much you can set your franchise back missing on a number one overall pick at the quarterback position. I want to go yeah. to I want to go to the AFC for a second, Bobby. My favorite matchup this weekend, Bills and Steelers. I thought we saw two teams that I feel like are kind of going in the opposite direction, and I may be speaking in hyperboles when I say that, but just dating back to last year and the two playoff games that we saw Josh Allen and this Bills offense, they looked pedestrian. Josh Allen's decision-making wasn't very good, and we saw some of that uh, yesterday in the preseason game against Pittsburgh. And on the flip side for the Steelers, second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett looks like he's ready to turn the corner. Uh, their defense, I think, is, is badass and one of the top five groups in the National Football League. Love what they have. In terms of both of these teams and where they are, one, is there a reason to be concerned about Buffalo? And two, do you think Pittsburgh can shock some people uh, in that AFC? You know, I'm not going to overreact um, early on because, you know, you're working guys in and out. I mean, it's the preseason. It's a watered-down product. But mm-hmm. – yeah, anytime you can't get your offense going at all like that, there is some concern. And like, I won't overreact, you know, to Pittsburgh as well. Mm-hmm. I, whenever I watch preseason games, I don't know if you're going to be a great team, but I can tell you if you're going to be bad. And I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be bad. I think I've seen enough out of Kenny Pickett. And you know the organization and the franchise, they do a good job of building. They don't panic. Right. They stay the course. And so that's why they very rarely ever bottom out and have a season that's just atrocious because they have everything in place to always be competitive. You know, so they'll, they'll be okay. I think they're going to continue to build. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is ever going to be an MVP candidate, but I think he can be a functional and productive quarterback in the NFL, and like Pittsburgh will draft well around him. They'll have weapons and a good defense and all those things. But so, yeah, they'll be able to make runs with him, I think, in the future. You know, Josh Allen, I don't, I don't know if they're going in reverse. I think he's a little bit of a feast and famine quarterback at yeah. times. When he's hot, rolling, man. 
it's really good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, if he's not hitting it from the pocket and he's not able to make those big plays outside and run around and do crazy stuff with his legs, which you don't really want your quarterback to do a ton anyway, especially not in the preseason, then I think you can see some of that stagnation that they've seen. And they couldn't run the ball at all really last year. And it should be an added emphasis to try to be able to do that better this season so they're not dumping so much on Allen's lap. Yeah, I think you put it perfectly, man. We were talking about it before we brought you on. When you're a team that plays in upstate New York and and you struggle to run the football in December and January, normally uh, you're not going to have postseason success. And we we saw that last year in the playoffs. I I think the way you put it for Josh Allen is perfect, Bobby. Feast or famine. I just wonder, like, if they can't harness him in, are we going to see them waste their supreme talent uh, that is Josh Allen? Because I think he's got a ton of potential. I want to go out to to the uh, the AFC here for or stay in the AFC, excuse me, for a second. I think the last time we talked, Bobby, I, I told you, you told me how crazy I was. I'm really high on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Malik Willis, because of the injury to Will Levis, got to play the entirety of yesterday's preseason game. He did some really good things on the ground, but I don't even want to talk about Malik Willis. I want to talk about... Tennessee Titans is a football team in this AFC South that I feel like is wide open. The last time we saw Ryan Tannehill with his number one wide receiver healthy, Bobby, it was A.J. Brown, and he ended up having a good year, and they went to the postseason. With DeAndre Hopkins coming over, and now Malik Willis yesterday showing that, hey, look, you, you could be able to trust me with a package of plays to throw a different wrinkle at defenses. Do you feel like, or do you agree with me when I say they're the most slept-on team in the National Football League right now? Because I feel like, they're a sleeping giant, and you know the kryptonite that they are to the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, probably. So I think you look at them, and they don't have, like, the sexy quarterback, and you know they, they don't have you know, all these crazy weapons. You know, Hop came over, but people forget. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't play a ton you know, last year. And so he'll be a nice weapon in addition for him. Can they get, you know, the running game going like it was before? I mean, that'll be the question. Now that you have a, night, a legitimate threat on the outside again for the first time since A.J. Brown left, that should change the math of how you have to play them, and there should be some more openings inside to be able to run the football. Can you take advantage of that? Can you be efficient enough at the quarterback position? Mm-hmm. And can your defense be dominant enough? Because that's when they've been good, man. They've been good on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and they've been able to really set the tempo up front. So if they can continue to do that, they'll have a shot. Because you look, I mean, Indy, obviously, they're going to have some bumps and bruises. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may win a game or two they shouldn't win, but they'll probably lose a couple of games that they should. Right. Just that's the case with the rookie quarterback. You look at Jacksonville, who's probably the most secure team. They'll be the team that you'll be battling with. And Houston's in the same same boat as Indy. So uh, it is pretty wide open. I think it could maybe – the problem is that the AFC East is so good. I mean, yeah. it's going to be tough <laughs> to be a wild card team in the AFC. So you better try to win your division because you feel like maybe two teams could come out of the AFC East They've got they've got a lot of talent there. The AFC North is absolutely loaded, and so if you're Tennessee or Jacksonville, you don't want to have to rely on trying to slide in and try to beat someone else's another division second or third place squad. We're just doing professional radio here, Bobby. What, your answer just sparked a question with me. What's more likely, my friend, that the Kansas City Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champions, or that we see an entire division make the playoffs in the AFC? Josh, the, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, the repeat situation I, I hate taking that because it's so hard yeah. it's so tough to do and see it so few times and the thing is within the division i mean there, there could be two I, candidates bobby i look at the afc east and i look at the north I, I can see a scenario where one of those entire divisions makes the playoffs oh yeah and the, the problem is is that they're both in the same conference if they were in different conferences i'd probably lean into that a little bit yeah. more uh but i mean 
like you look at obviously Cincinnati, you look at Baltimore, you look at Cleveland, and we just watched and talked about Pittsburgh, and then you go to the East. I mean, the Jets are going to be miles better because they have a competent quarterback. You think if Tua can stay healthy in Miami, they'll be in a good spot. You know, you look at New England, they're doing it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They're kind of zigging when everyone's zagging. So we'll see if Bill's kind of able to kind of resurrect some of this stuff and, and get that running game going and play some defense. And then we just talked about Buffalo, who can be, you know, at sometimes the top three or four team, especially offensively. And then there's other times where you look at them where they're probably a little more middle of the pack. Yeah. I, I would probably say it's better uh, better odds of Kansas City getting in than an entire division. <laughs> but I could see three teams out of either one of those divisions getting in for sure. It's going to be interesting, man. The AFC going to be fun to watch for sure, my man. I know you'll have an up-close-and-personal look uh, at, the, since, at the Cleveland, Ohio squads as well, Bobby. I appreciate you giving us some time, my man. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. That is Bobby Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on the old X app at bcarp3, former Dallas Cowboys linebacker and the co-host of the Morning Juice in Columbus, Ohio, mornings 6 to 9 with a man, Brandon Beam. Big shout-out to the homie Bobby Carpenter for joining us in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with Bobby, you can download the always free Odyssey app, use the Odyssey Rewind feature, and go back to the 1020 segment. From our conversation with Bobby Carpenter. We took a spin around the National Football League talking all things NFL preseason. Week number two, interesting, to say the least. We had two ties, Bengals and Falcons end up tying. What's up with Taylor Heineke? Maybe he is like the curse for ties, and like he is he is like the 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 tie of all tires, so to speak. Because for Atlanta to have a tie and then for him to be our starting quarterback in the one tie that we had last year is just it's just ludicrous. The thing I found weird about the ties was the Browns tied, and they almost tied the Commanders. In yeah, their, right. Last yeah. week. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's honestly, oh, ah, yeah. It's head scratching to say the least. I said I wouldn't do this as I was getting ready for the show, and I'm going back and I'm watching the highlights. I says, you know what? Don't give this man moonshine. Don't give him light. It's not that I have a personal vendetta against who I'm about to talk about, but I just hate the way you fans obsessed and drooled over him. Taylor Heineke looked damn good yesterday. 13 to 21, buck 62. He got sacked twice. But the quarterback situation in Atlanta is going to be interesting. Desmond Ritter threw a pretty inexcusable pick yesterday. And I just wonder, man, how long before old Arthur Smith goes to Taylor Heineke? Because they, they got a roster based on what they did in the draft in the offseason, I think is is ready to compete in a weak NFC South. It's a similar situation here in Washington, right? How long is the coach willing to ride with the young buck? I think we're going to have to wait and see, man. But as far as uh, what the Falcons are going to potentially look like during the regular season, I, I am very, very interested to see how long Desmond Ritter is able to Keep a stranglehold on that job because uh, as we saw it happen here in D.C., Taylor Heineke is the worst backup quarterback to have if your starter is not a solidified guy because his persona, his aura, fans gravitate to it, man, and he's back in his home state of Georgia. Come on. Taylor Heineke jerseys, the Taylor Heineke fever, going to be at a fever pitch uh, in Hotlanta. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I want to get to this James Harden stuff. We've been talking all things... Uh, NFL throughout the duration of the program. I want to get to this James Harden stuff. Chris, we were talking about this yesterday, my man. Y'all can say what y'all want about the beard, the left-handed assassin, arguably the best left-handed dude to ever play the game. He's a gangster. 
and I mean it in every good way, right? For him to do what he did yesterday, going on social media and dropping the hammer on the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm calling it GOAT status behavior. Tell you what James Harden did next here on The Fan. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you for one more segment before we pass the rock to the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. Talked a lot of different things here in this program, mainly the National Football League was was on the docket for us. Talked to Craig Hoffman. We talked to former Cowboys linebacker Bobby Carpenter. Right now, though, I want to switch things over to the association <laughs> here for a second, and I can't help but chuckle when I... <laughs> But I bring this up because it's the gift that keeps on giving, man. Our, our guy, James Harden, recap the situation here for you. Requested a trade earlier this summer after him and the Sixers were, were unable to come to terms on a long-term extension. And, you know, Harden requested a trade. And last week he came out uh, during his basketball tour that he's on right now in China promoting his stuff basically went in front of a group of campers and completely bad-mouthed Daryl Morey and the entire 76ers organization in a move to ultimately get him what he wants, and that's to be traded. Now, get a little bit of the backstory. I'm 110% on James Harden's side, and a lot of the times I feel like he gets a bad rap. He, he comes up short in big games sometimes. You, you understand all of that. Game six and game seven against the Celtics, he was a complete no-show. Like, I understand it, right? There's reason for people to... Feel some type of way about James Harden, right? But in this situation, can you say he's wrong? Let's go back to last offseason when Bradley Beal got his ridiculous contract. James Harden decided to take a pay cut, a massive pay cut. And the reason he did that was so that the Sixers could continue to improve the roster around him and Joel Embiid, you know, ultimately making them competitive enough to compete for an NBA title. And... When he took the pay cut, that ultimately wasn't the case. They they fall short and end up going to the Eastern Conference semis where they lose in seven games to the Boston Celtics. And it was the, to the, the assumption of Harden was that at the end of the season, no matter what the results were, uh, Harden and his representation would go back to the negotiating table with Daryl Morey and company and try to agree to terms on a long-term deal. They had a handshake under the table agreement. I understand where James Harden is coming from, man. In in business, in life, when you are doing business with somebody and you all have a working, functional relationship, a lot of stuff is built off of trust. And James Harden is at a point where he feels like he can no longer trust Daryl Morey in the Philadelphia 76ers because straight up, they lied to him. But the reason I'm even all geeked up about any of this and the reason I wanted to talk about it is the fact that James Harden yesterday goes on his Instagram story and this is why I love James Harden, man. Just being in tune with his star player, so to speak, being himself, <laughs> and also being in tune with what the hell the fans care about. Yesterday, James Harden posts on his Instagram story, and I'm about to tweet it out. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. He posts on his Instagram story. It's like an empty closet, and on a hanger is the fat suit that people have been claiming James Harden wears when he gets disgruntled. We know how his... uh how his time with the Houston Rockets ended. But for him to post a picture of the fat suit, he basically given the middle finger to Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers. He might as well have just said. Hey, hey, hey. It's Fat Harden. 
I mean, basically, like it's, I, I'm amused by the entire situation. I cannot wait uh, to see how this continues to play out. The destination that James Harden was trying to force his way to earlier this offseason was the LA Clippers. And I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how this is going to ultimately, you know, end up playing out. But uh, I do know this. James Harden's got a hell of a lot left in the tank. And I just wonder right now, is Philadelphia the best fit for him? But when I look at this situation, I wonder, like, if I'm Daryl Morey, do I, do, I, do I tick off James Harden knowing that Joel Embiid is watching my every move and making decisions based off of how we move and how we treat other stars? It, it's, a, it's a messy situation. I saw reports over the weekend that maybe this could be the first domino to fall and Joel ultimately ending or, or asking out of Philadelphia. I think the tandem works well together. I just wonder from a financial standpoint, how can they improve the talent around Harden uh, and Joel Embiid to, to make them more competitive, man? It may be a situation where you just got to tear it all down, and I know that would stink. If you're a Sixers fan, you trusted the process, and then you get to the home stretch of the process, and they tell you the process got erased so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out there's a commander's angle to this that I wanted to touch on that we didn't really get into last week this is commander's fans this is our first opportunity to see how our new owner is gonna act let's call it what it is right the James Harden situation he is basically like I said giving a big bleep you to the front office which is headed by Daryl Morey and Daryl Morey's boss is Josh Harris so I now want to see how Josh Harris responds to this. Does he does he give in to James Harden's trade demands? Does he allow Daryl Morey to have complete autonomy of the situation? Or do you think Josh Harris steps in at any point? Because they may not admit it because basketball players are emotional and they like to act like they're not. They may not admit it, but this, this situation, if it doesn't get resolved by camp, it's going to have a lingering effect throughout the regular season. We know the relationship between James Harden and Joel Embiid, like I said, but if they are uh, unable to to come to a resolution, man, it can get a lot worse before it gets better. And I, I just wonder the patience that owner Josh Harris is going to have in the situation. And then I'm also curious to see what side he chooses. Is he an owner that's going to advocate and be on the side of his executive? Or is he an owner that's going to advocate and be on the side of the talent? We'll see, man. It's going to be a very, very interesting situation to monitor. It's entirely possible that he could end up bringing him to the commander's camp <laughs> and putting him on the line. We do need some linemen. I'm about to say, man, we do have a hole at the offensive guard spot right now, even if, even with the fat suit on. I mean, James Harden would probably be a hell of a guard. I mean, he just would. I just call it what it is. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's so tough for Philly. I'm glad I'm not a Sixers fan, but I'm a Wizards fan, so it doesn't really, isn't really that much better. I, it, just, it just stinks to feel like you're on the – the cusp of something great, and then boom, you know, a wrench gets thrown in your plans. Because I, I know Sixers fans probably out there are beside themselves right now to think that, wow, just when everything feels like it's on the up and up, just when everything feels like, you know what, this franchise, this team may be turning a corner, you have a reminder like this that, you know, it's so hard to win in pro sports because everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be in alignment with each other. and. It feels like right now in the city of brotherly love, that just that just isn't the case. It's in the case. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. That's going to do it, though, here for this Sunday morning edition of Overtime. Big thank you 
to our pal Craig Hoffman, the co-host of Odyssey's Take Command podcast, for joining us at 1020, talking all things burgundy and gold. Also, I'm going to give a big shout-out to our pal Bobby Carpenter, former Dallas Cowboys linebacker and co-host uh, up in Columbus, Ohio, on 97.1 The Fan. Always good catching up with Bobby and getting the analysis of a pro's pro. Uh, definitely good catching up with that. If you want to keep the conversation with me going on Twitter, uh, it is at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. That is at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P on all social media platforms, man. Schedule for you. Coming up this week, back in the saddle tomorrow as me and the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, get you warmed up for preseason game number two for the Burgundy and Gold. Sam Howell announced late last week as the week one starter for the Washington Commanders. We'll see uh, if he uses... You know that that uptick and that that vote of confidence from Ron Rivera to 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 lead him into the second game of the preseason. We talked about it earlier, man. Big expectations uh, for me in terms of what I expect to see from this offense. They're going up against the backups of the Baltimore Ravens, so the operation better look crisp on both sides of the football. Uh, definitely more curious to see this defense, though, considering that they honestly didn't really play well uh, in the preseason opener against the Cleveland Browns. We saw them on their one drive get completely blown off the football and, and giving up a touchdown. I'm curious to see, man, going up against the backups of the Baltimore Ravens, is this going to be a situation in a scenario where, look, if Washington doesn't dominate, are we going to be having conversations next week about the direction of this defense and are they in for another slow start uh, on that side of the football, man? It's been tough to it has been tough to to watch that over the past couple of years. Hopefully they have gotten over that Achilles heel. Like I said, though, myself, the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, coming at you tomorrow starting at 7.30 Eastern time. We'll be simulcasted on both 106.7 and the Team 980. We'll bring you Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live, our in-game show that we do each and every week right here on The Fan. And then once once the final whistle happens, we'll officially take you into the Burgundy and Gold post-game show, and it's probably going to be me and Doc yelling at each other for about two and a half hours. I cannot wait for it. That's going to do it, though. The youngest in charge will be out. The DOC, coming up next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.